listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Ever since COVID, what we know to be the norm is rapidly changing. In order to adapt to this, your business must adjust and transform accordingly. For pharmacies, unlocking the profession's potential to improve patient care is where this opportunity lies. Today's product-focused role of the pharmacist calls for the industry to move toward clinical services. The focus will be on prevention over treatment, and care will happen in the home or community. As accessible and trusted healthcare personnel, pharmacists can play a big role. Happier at Home harnesses this opportunity by showing the benefits of expanding your pharmacy into home care services and how this is a recipe for success. Innovation and growth will help community pharmacies to continue to exist and thrive in the future. Wow, I tell you, lots has changed in the pharmacy profession um, just in a very short 14, 15, 20 years if you've been here and how things are accelerating to really empower and transform um, our profession. And inside that profession, one of the sweet spots for pharmacy, it's almost the litmus test for what works for patients and what might not in, in business changes and business growth is the, is the realm of the community pharmacy owner, the independent community pharmacy owner. Pharmacy Podcast Network really prides itself in bringing together some of the subject matter expertise that's necessary to empower community pharmacy and how help community pharmacy owners and business models insert other things, whether that be pharmacogenomics testing or maybe using a specific supplement, talking about like organizations like Diversify RX um, to empower community pharmacies with new ideas. When we get together with people that are thinking the same way and we bring in experts to add on to the to building value out of community pharmacy, one of the champions the reason that Debbie and her team at Happier at Home are members of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, it's more than podcasting people. This is about bringing together people that know how to grow your independent community pharmacy business. And the element of home care is exploding, and we have the right person guiding us. Debbie, this is our fourth episode of Happier at Home PRN. I'm excited to be back with you. I'm so excited to be here too. And we actually just had a great showing for the multiple locations conference for the NCPA. Uh, made a lot of connections and there's a lot of buzz about um, home care and expanding into home-based services. So I think it just sets us up for a great conference in October that I'll be going to uh, for the annual conference for NCPA as well. So just thinking about uh, the, the brilliant minds that are out there looking for ways to diversify their sources of revenue. Uh, it's, it's exciting to me. And um, pharmacy owners are changing uh, the way they're administering their business and it's all for the better of the community. So it's excellent. You know, Debbie, I couldn't scale this publication when I really started making changes. When I went full-time in 2019, I quickly learned the only way to grow my client's needs, my client's business, as a gong, someone out there on social media, somewhere out there through podcasting and through pushing the messages that are brought to us, the network that we're building. That's why I was so excited meeting you at the NCPA back years ago. 
But in order for you to scale, you have to have people on your team that understand the challenges of community pharmacy, that, that you can hand the baton off to somebody on your team that you can trust to take the same purity of the brand of what you believe in, in building home care services through community pharmacy. And if I didn't have that staff, I can't scale. You have that staff. Your right hand, I'd like to introduce to our listeners today, um, your right hand uh, through your business is Marie Grego Rodriguez. And we're so happy, happier at home, that is, uh, <laughs> to have you on the show today, but thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Is yeah, that like, true about being the right hand though, Debbie? It is so true. She's <laughs> incredible. And uh, she's definitely integ integral uh, to growing our family of happier at home business owners. Um, Marie is not only a friend, uh, she's a colleague. She is brilliant. Um, she's got an excellent business mind. Uh, she's personable and she's dedicated to our brand uh, and to our happier at home business owners. She's always there training them, supporting them, uh, showing them the way. So um, I like to introduce you to Marie Greco Rodriguez, an incredible woman. I'm so happy and lucky to have her on our team. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Maria, you are the VP of Training and Field Operations for Happier at Home. Can you describe to the listeners what you do? Yes, absolutely. So um, in that role, I work very closely with Debbie um, when somebody, actually even when somebody's in the discovery process of thinking about purchasing a location for Happier at Home in, in their area, um, I get on a call with them just to to answer questions for them. What is it like being a, a franchise owner? How is it working with Debbie, the whole process, training, all those sorts of things. So that's the first initial call that I do with, with potential people that are interested in becoming a franchise owner. Um, after the, the purchase of Happier at Home is there, um, Debbie has created a whole um, initial pre-training activities that we go through to get you from where you are to when you come visit us in Rochester, New York for um, a four day you know, intensive training where we have a, a big operating procedures manual, incredible. I mean, I look at this manual that Debbie created from when she started Happier Home in 2007. And it's like, everything is in there, every process, how to run payroll, how to hire caregivers. You wanna market to an elder law attorney, we have a PowerPoint presentation for that. We have an email how to uh, address that group. So um, in training, when when folks come to Rochester, we go through the whole operating procedures manual and we, we do um, role playing and just everything that you need to know. So when you leave Rochester, you're, you're ready to hit the ground running. And I will then, admit I'm a little bit uh, anal about my processes, uh, but that's a good thing to make, making sure that you have everything from start to finish, every, everything's in process. So, uh, we don't let, uh, anyone out there hanging in the wind by themselves. So yeah, Marie really and, uh, helps them start yeah. off. Great. Yeah. And Debbie, to piggyback off what you're saying, the processes that you have in place, these are things that work. You follow the process that Debbie's created, you know, from the start, you know, I always say she went through the good, the bad, the ugly, and, and made changes. You follow the process, you follow the procedures, like I have done in that binder, 
you're going to be successful. There's, there's no reason you won't be. Um, so really making sure that you follow that. Don't, don't try to steer away or try different things. Um, we always like to hear new ideas and, and entertain those. And if it's something that would build the brand and build the business, absolutely. We implement those, but, um, making sure that, you know, you're having those conversations. And, and then I always like to add after training, when, when people go back to their locations, um, always on the phone with them at least once or twice a week, how are things going? What are you struggling with? Because what we're doing too, is then we're prepping for our next step, which would be about six to eight weeks later when Debbie and I um, travel together to do a field visit, which is exciting for us. It's exciting for them. We do ribbon cutting, marketing, whatever, whatever the location needs. Yeah. And I do have to clarify, uh, Marie started out as a franchisee. So sure. she's also a business owner of Happier at Home. She owns one of the territories in Rochester, New York. And um, actually, that's uh, a way to demonstrate that you can have an active full business and be a passive owner of Happier at Home, which the majority, all of actually all of our community pharmacy owners that are also happier at home business owners are. So um, I just wanted to clarify that. And, you know, kind of going back to the beginning, Marie, uh, when you were considering uh, starting a happier at home business, what are some of the factors that you considered uh, in that decision to move forward? Yeah, that's a great question. So I wanted to build a business for myself and um, wanted to in increase the quality of care in, in our community. Kind of a, a similar story to, to Debbie, unfortunately lost my mom at a very young age and seeing um, the assistance and the help that my dad was getting um, was just not not quality. And so really just had that passion to say, you know what, like it's constantly somebody different or they're not showing up. My dad has to retrain and those things. Um, and then being able to have that quality help in the home for him to be able to just get out for a little bit. And then when my brother and our spouses were visiting, we were able to really visit and have, you know, her final months with her spending that time with her, not like I'm cooking, my sister-in-law is doing laundry, my brother's cutting the grass. We were able to spend that. So I wanted to make sure that that I gave people that those last days or even just care in the, in the home. Um, I love being creative and I wanted to be able to do that, having my own business. And I really love being an expert in the field and in our community. Um, so it was just great, you know, increasing the quality of care, um, wanting the independence to earn money financially and not, um, have the health insurance aspect of it. So, you know, right. it's just, it's been great. Excellent. Very good. I know you've done very well. Um, and, you know, I, I think one of the things that people start worrying about, especially our pharmacy owners being so busy, uh, with the day-to-day -day and changes and maybe new programs that they're developing is that they become hesitant because they feel that it's going to take too much time or they're going to be stuck uh, in the office and dealing with the day-to-day -day of um, growing Happier at Home. Um, with your Happier at Home 
business, your franchise. Um, are Do you feel that way? Are you stuck in an office running your business day to day? And I know that's somewhat of a leading question because you are my vice president. So, um, so I, you know, I know that you need to have time to do other things, but um, so are you, are you kind of feeling like you're tied down in an office because of happier at home? No, not at all. So in, in my location, I am a passive owner. So, um, you know, I have a full-time business support manager who's, who's running the day-to-day in the operations. Um, my role is overseeing um, management and administrative staff. And I also just recently am, am doing well enough to, to be able to hire a part-time individual as well. That's going to be assisting Donna, my business support manager in the day-to-day. So um, my focus is the responsibility for the strategy for my growth in my business and in making sure that we have that and to continue growing. Excellent. I have a question. I'm wondering as a, as a pharmacy owner, as you were saying, and you know, you assign someone to learn the processes that Marie, that you, that you're going to be teaching them. It's almost like train the trainer. Um, and in scaling that, is is going to happen as fast as you can throw resources to it. So um, what's your advice, Marie, to get somebody up and running and being an effective person to kind of do as much of um, launching of the business and managing of the business as possible? Can you also share kind of some of your your best um, you know stories per se of how fast we're getting someone up and running based on the what's needed to be learned and what has to be executed to do it right. Absolutely. So um, definitely like we spoke about those, those pre-training activities, getting all your systems in place, um, the training videos that we have, um, meeting with business support managers and the owners, like, you know, before they come to Rochester and having those business support managers at training is an integral part of success to, to be able to have them there. Um, Not only are we building relationships with them, in the beginning and then through training, but also the, the owners are as well. You know, they're in training, they're they're learning about each other, they're having somebody there with them and they're learning together. Um, and then that constant just communication between myself and them and reaching out, making sure everybody's okay, what kind of questions? And and we welcome that, we want that. I, I get excited when we have questions and we, and we work through things together. And we always say, I, I learn from them and, and they learn from, from me and all of us. So um, in making sure that you have that detail-oriented, um, disciplined person that can multitask, has a love and a passion for people, and, and has that, that thinking mindset to be able to, to run One of the things it. that, I, that uh, Marie and I have talked about is how important it is to get that right person as the business support manager. And I have to say, one of the things that Marie is very good at is helping our new pharmacy owners uh, to choose and to hire, recruiting the correct type of person. Uh, They may have a certain a profile of someone in mind, uh, but having the experience on both the franchisee side and the training side, she's able to really jump in and be a part of that recruitment 
And even I, I think Marie, you've interviewed some of our of the franchisees business support managers, correct? Um, all of them, yes. So yeah, so what we do in the beginning is the owners um, of the happier home location, they will do a phone screen with with their candidates and then they will bring them into to their pharmacy and do a one-on-one uh, -on -one in person interview. And then they will narrow down maybe three or four. And then the next level interview would be to get on a Zoom call with myself and them um, and their candidate. And then I go through some questions um, to, to ask those questions, to get a feel for them. And it also allows them to ask me questions as well about the role um, and how Happy Your Home is ran and those, and those kinds of things. So it's really just a great process. And we've had a lot of success with doing it, though, making sure those steps are complete and hiring really great, great, great quality people. So in your experience, um, yes, if they are following the procedures and uh, your directives, then they're going to have a quicker startup. Uh, what are some of the things that delay uh, this startup or make it more difficult uh, to get the business going? So I think, um, like we mentioned, not having that that person in line for who you're going to hire for your business support manager, also not doing some of the training activities, watching the videos that all of our systems that we have in place or not um, making sure that your systems are up and running. Um, that's something that will will definitely delay it. Um, or like we mentioned, not following some of the process and procedures, like, you know, you really yeah. got to start hiring those things. We're like, ah, oh, well, we did this instead. It, it's integral that you, you start that. So again, can't say it enough, just following the process and, and having the operating procedures binder, which is big that Debbie created, <laughs> um, with you at all times. I look at mine still, I'm, you know, almost, you know, into my fourth year. I, I always have it. It's right next to me at my desk. Hey, Debbie, I have a quick question. I'm wondering. Does it help to hire someone that's your business support manager that is an LPN or an RN? Does that help? It really depends on the state. Uh, so different states have, some have licensure, some don't have licensure, but of those that are uh, licensed states, they may have different requirements uh, for your business support manager, and they may be called a different uh, name of that, uh, that, that job position. Um, sometimes you can uh, hire a RN on a per diem basis uh, if licensure requires it, but it does not need to be a nurse. Um, that's where it really helps to have Marie involved in that recruitment and uh, we help with the entire licensure process if it's needed. Uh, but it does help to involve Marie because she knows the qualities of the, the person that they need in operating that business. So some of those things, um, Marie could jump in here also, but would be to have someone who can multitask, um, someone who is able to get in front of a, a crowd and give a presentation. Certainly people who have been through things similar to what Marie and I have been through with our mothers being ill at a young age, uh, because they have that passion to help people. And when you have uh, inquiry calls coming in for a new, new uh, business, 
that comes across when when that person can be empathetic to that situation. Uh, they've been through it in the past, so they're able to uh, really understand what it feels like to be on the other side of the phone call. But um, Marie, maybe what are some of the other qualities that you see when you're helping to hire that business support manager? Yeah, um, like Debbie mentioned, is is the the phone calls, taking those inquiries, you're going into people's homes and doing assessments as well. That's another role that they'll be doing, but also being able to hire and build your bench of caregivers. So going through um, the interviews for those, having somebody that that is able and, and enjoys doing interviewing, an orientation process, managing the staff with schedules. This is just day-to-day of what they're doing. You know, the schedules that, you know, if they have a vacation day, if there's a call off, um, and that that takes a, a great amount of detail oriented and multitasking because you can be, you know, in an interview or getting ready for an assessment and somebody calls off. So being able to be organized to to know who are the people in your organization that are caregivers that want to fill in for these days and times. And I just think that's just being or, organization is, is huge. And also having that person be able, like Debbie mentioned, to go out into the community do marketing events, presentations, or in our independent, you know, or in our senior communities, um, having little activities that they do and, and coming up with those. I know um, Donna just came up with this incredible idea for a March Madness event at one of our independent communities, and we are so excited. But having that creative thinking to do those things and setting ourselves apart is is what we really want and we want to see. Very good. Yeah, I I think that there's predictors for success in that role, but then also um, what kind of characteristics have you seen with pharmacy owners that could be a predictor for their success and their growth and their strategic growth? Yeah, so what we're finding with pharmacy owners is they are the trusted person in their community. You have... Um, adult children or even, you know, potential clients themselves that are coming into the pharmacy where they're becoming that one-stop shop where you're hearing, I mean, we hear this all the time, you know, well, I'm picking up my mom's meds again because she forgot. Um, or, you know, Mrs. Smith is my next door neighbor, but I'm, I'm really nervous because the adult children live out of town and I'm going to, you know, Florida for three months. I don't know what she's going to do. So being that trusted person in the community sets them apart huge where they can say, you know what, we have another um, business adventure that we've taken on, which is happier at home. We can help with that. And they're going to trust that pharmacy owner and that pharmacy staff to say, well, why would I go somewhere else? Happier home is here within ABC pharmacy and, and they're great. And they're always good to me. I'm going to go here because I know that they'll take good care of me and I trust them. So those pharmacy owners are seeing the writing on the wall. They're they're seeing their potential customers walking into their retail pharmacy and um, I guess being forward thinking, right? And mm-hmm. entrepreneurial. Uh, that's one thing that I love about our pharmacy franchisee owners, uh, that they are extremely entrepreneurial. And just as, for myself too, I always thought, What's the worst that can happen? You know, if I don't succeed, I don't succeed. However, I have to say when we sign our new franchisees on, 
you and I, we hit the ground running with them. We are there mm-hmm. with them, but uh, we, um, we're on it quick, quick. Uh, and we make sure that they're moving and um, they are the future of our community health uh, because they're that hub. So um, I, I think that a lot of the pharmacy owners are understanding that and realizing it. And it's not just behind the desk anymore or behind their uh, their bench, uh, that they're really uh a really very key, important uh, part of their community and the healthcare system. You know, those doctors and transitional care units that need that safe discharge home or can treat them in one way uh, and have some case managers perhaps in the doctor's office, but need that connection and that continuation of safe uh, service and assistance to be able to keep their patients independent and in their homes as well. Yeah. And with the forward thinking and the strategic mindset, and then looking at challenges that, that may lie ahead and not only looking at, at those, but having the framework to overcome them and, and coming up with a plan is, is something that we look for and something that you, you want. So, um, yeah, that's definitely definitely integral to have that forward thinking mindset. And as, um, as Todd, I mean, Todd is, uh, involved in so many different aspects of, uh, helping educate the pharmacy owners and bring new, uh, cutting edge information and technologies to them through all of our experts on the pharmacy podcast network, um, I know this is one of those missing pieces, that missing puzzle piece, as you said. Well, I, I want to make a point because I I can't help but to think from a business development perspective. It's it's how I've been geared since I entered pharmacy in uh, in 2004. Um, and, and I think of that for the pharmacy owner. So if I'm a pharmacy owner and I'm starting to invest in my um, Happier at Home uh, franchise and I start telling um, my community that these are new services that are assuring things like medication adherence because of the connection to a pharmacy that's already trusted, as you just said, Debbie. I think that this is an amazing proposal-driven value add to me going to um, buckets of business, um, assisted nursing um, facilities um, and taking over uh, manage much of the service if that organization has collapsed. There's so much of that churn and and things happening in your community. Um, stuffing something in the bag of every single one of your patients that announces that we now have additional services to help um, the people that can't get out of their home or your loved ones if if they're nearby within whatever radius that you've drawn around. Because I'm sure the team, uh, Marie, knows exactly. Hey, your sweet spot is the two mile or five mile or 10 mile radius, whatever that is. But I see this franchise not only being a way to embrace your existing patients, but I see it as a tool because imagine you getting a new client that isn't using your pharmacy. And now you say, hey, in order to perfect this whole system, we're going to be doing a prescription transfer from, you know, Walmart pharmacy, for example, um, to a community pharmacy and saying, we're doing this on purpose because it will help us with better control, uh, medication adherence, as well as some of that strip pack packaging that makes it easier to take 
dosing with our friends over at RxSafe. Like there's this whole system that you have inserted yourself into, this ecosystem of pharmacy care and pharmacy services that extend way beyond just medication management. Right. And it is uh, a way for the pharmacy owners to increase their uh, revenue through their pharmacy as well, not only by earning private pay or out-of-pocket revenue through the services you would provide with Happier at Home, but what we've seen is our community pharmacy owners increasing through Happier at Home, the home delivery uh, immunization programs, things that they could do for people that are homebound. So it is very exciting in so many different ways that uh, they're able to really help the community. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, Marie and I, when we go to our new franchisees grand opening and have a ribbon cutting, Usually they have the Chamber of Commerce for each of those uh, towns come in and run that for them. But they are bringing in uh, a whole community, literally the, co the business community, right into their retail pharmacy, having their ribbon cutting there. So increasing awareness for um, the services you provide there. And um, it's really exciting. Uh, because so many of uh, so many of the ribbon cuttings that we've been to, we see how the community needs it, and they need to have that trusted source. Uh, so I I love being able. It, it it's just exhilarating to see the the value that they're bringing to those patients in their community, to the community itself, really helping to enrich people's lives. Absolutely. Marie, you know, when I think of what you see as the best, best foot forward when you when you get started with a new franchise, what what kind of advice and suggestions do you have for community pharmacy owners who are listening in today? My advice would be to um, definitely explore the option to be able to get into the community in another um, branch of business like Happier at Home. Um, Make sure that you are asking all those questions, um, having conversations with Debbie, asking to speak to somebody or, or other, you know, we even have pharmacy owners that speak to potential franchises that are in the discovery process, asking those questions, getting um, on a call with them to, to just hear what they have to say how they thought the process went um, and make sure that you're just doing your research. And, and really, I just think this is just a great opportunity for, for pharmacy owners to, to just have another, another form of, of business for everybody in their community. And look at our websites, our, our social media. We have every, everything on there. Um, just it's, it's been incredible. It's I always like, say, uh, I'm always like, oh, I wish we had a pharmacy because you can, you know, we talk about you can recruit for your, you know, your clients, you can market within your pharmacy, but a lot of our pharmacy locations, they find so many great caregivers to work for them. We're, you know, like, oh, my daughter's home from college or I'm a new stay at home mom. I'd love to be able to pick my hours. So not only can you build your business with your, with your clients, but also your, your caregiving staff, it's incredible. Works so well together, hand it in does. hand. Yep, it is very exciting. Being embedded in the community, wanting what's best for your community. 
this is just another way of providing, um, you know, employee opportunities and and extending your team and extending your reputation. Mm-hmm. It's also you and I have talked about this before, uh, Debbie. But imagine a, approaching a source or a payer that it wants to contract with a community pharmacy in comparison to possibly outsourcing that business to one of the big chains or one of the big PBMs. If you have this as an additional service that you offer in your structured contracted proposals, this becomes, you know, ammunition for you as a community pharmacy owner to say, Hey, we could, we could give 360 degree, you know, um, patient care services through our pharmacy today. Um, there's no reason to outsource this, um, to a non-community organization or or someone that's part of the community where the dollars that are coming into that community are literally going right back into the community in the form of investment into into new employees and, and, and rinse and repeat because you also have pharmacy owners who are looking at the next territory that they'd like to expand into, which can go along with how many pharmacies they have, uh, just w- which we said, you just returned from the NCPA multi-site conference and all of those pharmacy owners have multiple territories with multiple community pharmacies. This fits so nicely into those models. It does. I've seen that uh, we do have franchisees that have multiple locations now. And I know for one in particular, that's a strategy going to start with one location, move on to the next location, adding another happier at home. Uh, Our franchisee in New York State uh, started out with one happier at home location, has added two more since. So he has three locations of happier at home. So he keeps on uh, scaling and growing. So it is, um, it's, it's a kind of as long as you go along with the process, it's plug and play. And uh, we teach you how to do that. And it's it's a very important thing to work closely with Marie as, as, as you get started, um, because we really want you to hit the ground running like we do. And uh, it, I think that because I've been in business so long, uh, as Marie said, early on, I made whatever mistakes I, I I had to make to learn because I didn't have that uh, structure, that framework for the business. Uh, I started it from ground up. Mm. So I made the mistakes of spending money when I didn't need to spend money. Um, it probably, I think if you're thinking about doing this on your own, you're going to be behind three years. You know, it will take you three years to get to the point that we could get you up and running immediately in the beginning. This is a cool model. I have right from the beginning and meeting you day one, uh, Debbie, I knew this was going to work just with the personalities of how much our community pharmacy owners care about their communities and what this means for assuring that people that are are shut in or they, they can't get out of their home are going to get the care that they need. And in turn, building your business to once again, hire more um, potential um, employees for, for this franchise model. I just think it's a, I think it's an amazing insertion into the community. And I think there are communities out there that actually need this, uh, very badly in their community that, that they're not getting those kind of personalized services that, um, the community pharmacy delivers in, in a very special way. 
So Maria, welcome uh, to uh, Happier at Home PRN. We hope that you're going to come back to this amazing podcast and 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 thank you so much for being uh, influential in the growth of community pharmacy. Um, you have our full support. We're heroes of, uh, our, our heroes are our community pharmacy owners and and now of course, Debbie and yourself. So I, I very much thank you, Marie. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. I love you both. We'll see you at NCPA 2023 in October. Where is that taking place, Debbie? Do you know? That is, I believe, in Orlando. Orlando. I hope yes. so. I love going to Florida. So if yeah, you um, want to engage with uh, Debbie and Marie and the team, uh, do not um, wait because her schedule, your schedule is going to be filling up quickly. Uh, get on their schedule to talk with them about launching your franchise. Um, you don't have to wait, by the way, for the NCPA. Reach out to them if you can't find their information, which it will be in the show notes, please reach out to Pharmacy Podcast Network. We have their information. We work alongside with them to get you in touch. But Debbie, thank you so much for being part of our PPN family. And Marie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank Great. you. Thank you too. Thanks, Todd.